So we all know that data is the most vital asset that any organization can have. But what if that organization is based in different countries, has customers that are facing different regulations when it comes to compliance? We're going to take a look at a technology called Fibric that's been used by ING, very well-known international bank. To start out with that, we have someone from ING. Barry, can you just describe overall the multinational banking environment? What are some things that folks need to keep in mind? Yeah, um, well, ING's history is uh, pretty long. Um, we have a, a, a background in mergers, acquisitions, uh, uh, new, new adding new labels. Eventually, it ended up in ING as the overall label. Um, that comes with also a huge technical history where we have big monolithic systems uh, like mainframes, classical banking systems, uh, HP nonstop, uh, those kind of things. So we've been really struggling the last couple of years to get rid of that legacy. And that's also uh, why we started looking at cloud adoption, of course, as the first go. Well, bank on public cloud is still a bit itchy uh, because of the risks and the security and, and those kind of things. So we started out with a private cloud, um, which is now being used by, I think, uh, yeah, up to 20 countries uh, of which uh, we have a, a footprint in already. And of course, Kubernetes is a next step in that uh, to make our landscape even more agile and uh, make use of the latest, newest technology to replace all of those old systems. Um, the challenge in that where we saw and where we started looking at Fibric um, was that in the past we had those big monolithic systems, so we knew where the data resided. It was always on that big machine. Um, now going to cloud, Kubernetes, uh, you get a fully distributed landscape. So it's harder to know where the data actually resides. And that's also why we stepped into the fabric uh, part uh, and uh, started working on it uh, and joining in the open source thing to um, add the governance aspects that are for us as a bank really critical uh, in that concept. Good. And are there other business challenges that you at ING faced related to data and how it's being used in public private cloud environments? Uh, yeah, there's two major problems. Uh, I'm an information architect, so I focus on the data and the and the IT part. Um, there, I think, lie for us the biggest challenge that uh, we need to tackle um, and um, dig the governance, as mentioned before, uh, being in control of your data, knowing sure where it is, that you have the latest for reporting to to regulators, but of course, most more important to our customers and make sure that they have the latest information available on their transactions, their status, their financial uh, uh, bookkeeping. Um, the other one is IT efficiency. Uh, um, making sure that you don't copy the data everywhere, um, that uh, we keep the cost in mind as a banker, we're, we're paying attention to money, of course. Uh, so the costs need to be regulated and, and under control. So for us, those are the two major challenges that we're focusing focusing on in refurbishing our whole landscape uh, from yeah the 30 year old uh, uh, history to uh, hopefully a, a state of the art new uh, new install base. Now, with that in mind, we want to turn it over to to Flora, who's working with Fibric, working on it. Now, Flora, what are the technical challenges that you had when assisting ING in terms of addressing these business challenges that they were facing? Uh, let me start by sharing my screen uh, with a very simplified illustration that shows how Fabric comes into this place and assists. So this is the situation before Fabric. 
we have a data user that wants to access data. The data is located somewhere. And the data user, Eva, in this case, and she has a workload to analyze customer data. The customer data has some sensitive information in banking, of course. Let's take the social security number as an example. So Eva needs to ask uh, the data governance officer of their organization for permission to access a customer data set. Serena, the data governance officer, needs to ask another department, the IT admin team, to get a reducted copy without any sensitive uh, customer data, specifically for Eva. So the IT admin, she asked the uh, team to get a reducted clean copy of the customer data set, and the IT admin needs to generate a clean copy. The social security number is masked by the IT admin, and only after this, he can provide Eva credentials to the customer data set, and Eva, after waiting for a while, it could be weeks, it could be days, it could be months, when you have many teams in different geographies and each one of them has their own to-dos, you need to wait in line until you get a response. So it might take even months until she gets uh, access to the data and only then she can analyze the data and start her actual work. So there are several pain points for each one of these personas. The data user, when she wants to run analytics, needs to wait a long time to get the data. The uh, Serena, the data governance officer, she has to take care of the privacy. She can make policy recommendations, but she cannot enforce them. She doesn't have an automatic way to enforce the policies. And she spends a lot of time reviewing requests from different users. The IT admin team needs to make several copies per request. There is cost in storing these copies. There is a work in managing the copies. It might have orphan data. After Eva finished the work, she might need go back to go back to Tim and tell him that he can delete the copy. And it doesn't always happen. So, and users had the credentials. So these are several pain points for each one of these organization team or organization personas. So with Fabric, the case became, becomes much more automated and easier. Eva, the data user, asks for Fabric access to the customer data set after she found the data set ID in a data catalog. Fabric Orchestrator automatically deploys models, read model and mask model that has the credentials to the customer data set and on the fly it returns to Eva an endpoint URL to the model which provides the customer data set already cleaned and masked. You can see the social security number was uh, masked on the, on the fly. Serena, the data governance officer, had a way using Fabric to define the governance policies, rules, upfront. She doesn't need to do it per user, per request. She does it once per data set because she knows in the data set which um, fields are sensitive. Tim, the IT admin, also has to do something once. Upfront, he can define which Fabric models are available for Fabric control plane. 
he has a way to declare the available infrastructure. For example, if there are storage uh, between the data itself and the workload might be uh, when, when we have several clouds in different locations, different geographies, we might have several storage accounts. So he has a way to define that. And he can also define rules for the enterprise, like if we want to minimize the latency, if the workload is something that needs very fast response, or maybe minimize the storage cost if we don't care or for the latency and we do care for the cost of, of the uh, storage. So Fabric enables all this. The value in Fabric that the data user does ha has an automated data access without waiting time. The IT admin does not need to spend time making copies and no need in cost in unnecessary copies and many redundant copies. The data governance officer can be sure that her uh, recommendations are enforced, which is very important for customer data set for banks and insurance company or every company that has sensitive customer data. Um, the credentials are kept inside Fabric in the system code. It's not provided to the data user, so you cannot share it. And uh, there is no need in copies. Very good. That being said, you've given a wonderful overview of all the different stakeholders that are involved in this process. But Alexei, if we want to take a little bit of a deeper look in terms of implementation, how would how would that be? Could you fill us in on that? Yeah, sure. So we have seen that there's a, a difference in, in how the actors works and how it happens behind the scene. So this is a very high level view of the fabric. And you can see all three on the left, three, all three actors that uh, Flora mentioned before. And uh, we have actually, we have a fourth one, it's a data owner. The data owner is the one who made the secondary use of the data set available. He provided some information about the data set. Uh, is it HR data, is it financial data? Put it in the catalog, uh, whatever it may uh, Other information he may target it. For example, is it uh, confidential or part of the data is confidential, like we saw, for example, for this uh, social security number, it's uh, personal information. And uh, Fabric takes uh, the information of all different uh, actors provided, including the library of models. Models that we mentioned pre previously are the underlying capabilities, what are available to be used in the flow that Fabric generates. So it might be models for reading different types of data, it might be models for uh, masking, transformation, encryptions, etc., for making copies. These models they can be grow in home grow or it uh, open source uh, or some kind of third party developed. And uh, in order to include this in the library, we provide CRT to register that these models are available. It's uh, one of the tasks that the team like uh, IT admin does. Uh, so this library fabric takes information about the models. Uh, the requirements came in front of uh, actors from the left and fabric uh, makes the decisions. The first one, which the capabilities are required for the request. Do I need to cache it? Do I need to move that data close to the workload? Maybe something else. Uh, where are each of these capabilities need to be run? If we have several clusters, we can uh, run in different places. And the last one, it's maybe a more technical level, uh, which type of capabilities deployed? Maybe a multi-tenant or single-tenant, et cetera. 
And uh, usually can be more than one answer to these questions. And uh, Fabric has a very unique op uh, optimization capability to determine which is the best balance between all different requirements of all different actors. It scores the decisions, uh, which is the uh, optimum one. The optimization is done based uh, on all of the items listed here in red, provided by different actors. It can be data government decisions, types and requirements of the workload, what is the capabilities of underlying infrastructures, what's the cost and performance. And uh, ultimately decides what to deploy and where to deploy as optimal as possible. And uh, Flora, if you can go to the next slide, maybe slightly deeper dive. Of course, we cannot go to the all uh, details. Uh, we have very short time. If somebody is interested, we can provide the offline uh, deep dive. But uh, in general, uh, Fabric, which we call the control plane, is interface with a pre-external system. One is the data catalog in order to get information about the data set the intent of the data set, and no less important the metadata about these data sets. And typically in catalogs of, uh, of course, the stores the links to the connections, how to, to access the data. Credentials for accessing these data sets may be stored in different, in, in the data catalog, or maybe stored in external credential manager. And the last one, it's a data government's uh, governance engine, which is Sabrina as a government officer uses to define and run the, evaluate the rules. The engine itself provided to fabric decisions. So the fabric through the data policy connector, uh, data policy connector says uh, which is the context, uh, this is the data is required, what is the wanna do, what we wanna do with the data, maybe reading, writing, copying, ingestion, and the data policy agent returns not the rules, but rather the decision about the context. And Fabric uh, then uses all this information plus library of uh, models. In other words, a library of capabilities, addressing the non-functional needs and runs its optimizer and creates a plane of what capabilities uh, is the flow data between these capabilities, where each of the capabilities has to be deployed and ultimately generates what we call the plotter, which is an overall view and blueprint controller actually does deployment on each of the relevant clusters. And it's a very high level the descriptions. And again, we will be happy to provide more details. Fantastic. You mentioned, you know, we're, we're looking at the side of the implementation. Now going back to the ING side, um, Marina, could you tell us about what was your experience like working with the open source? What was your role? And, and just give us a feel for what it was like to be on the other side of this. Yeah, typically I think when one thinks about open source, either contributing or working with open source projects, uh, one would not necessarily think of a bank as a you know top contender to do so. <laughs> but it's interesting enough, uh, we, at least from ING perspective, do um, work together and contribute also with number of open source projects. And Fibric is a very good example and I will say also quite a positive uh, experience that uh, we had uh, so far. So it's all about collaboration. And from our side, uh, we are bringing um, more or less um, real life examples, uh, use cases and requirements. Uh, from the industry perspective. So we mentioned already about the governance a little bit, especially being from the financial industry and also 
me and uh, Barry being an information architect, so quite dear to uh, our work. <laughs> Um, but also from IT uh, perspective and infrastructure, how do you optimize uh, for the requirements and tasks that you have? On the other side, you have a Fabric team um, who also have expertise in design and development. So it's a really good way to collaborate from different perspectives and to make sure that we design together, we brainstorm, but also do the validation on uh, what we have developed or designed actually addresses the pain points. On the other hand, also, it's an open source area, right? So for engineers, and we also have quite a lot of engineers in ING, it's quite interesting area to participate. Um, and we also had an engineer from our side, and she contributed to design and development of the feature itself. Uh, so she also was quite happy that she got to work uh, from as a part of the bank on open source. I think another benefit uh, worth mentioning is the ability to do POCs and POVs in this setting of collaboration. Um, again, coming back to having an opportunity to validate what has been, you know, developed and designed actually uh, addresses the, the use cases. And generally speaking, uh, Fibric being also open source, not only helps with somewhat freedom and flexibility to collaborate, uh, but also helps more with the speed and kind of depth of the innovation itself. Uh, because it's a bit of a different uh, setting that you're working with as an open source community as well. Good. With that in mind, thinking about the next steps, working with you know working with a bank is something that most open source projects you know are dreaming of in terms of their roadmap. For the folks at Fibric, um, Flora, Alexei, what are the, what's the status? What are the next steps? What can we expect to hear about in the future regarding Fibric? So we in the, in the last pilot we have done with ING, we added features of optimizing storage cost and optimizing latency, depending on the declarative needs of the personas. So uh, this is something that we would like to enhance more. There are many more options to optimize user um, optimization across different clouds and diff cloud providers and different cloud locations. And uh, let me share another another slide, which I would like to um, um, give credit to, just a second, to uh, Inat O, who prepared it. It's a slide that shows the landscape of different data-related technologies on cloud, of course. And we have here red uh, rectangles, which is different technologies, open source. We already integrated. As Alexei mentioned, we have library of modules with different capabilities. And connecting to other open source technologies or, or open source or technologies, we actually in, um, enlarge our capabilities to read different formats. For example, using Trino to read iceberg format. And um, so we also want to enhance and enlarge our library by connecting to different open source. And we have here in red those that we already connected to and some with uh, dashed red, which we explored. And yellow ones are the ones that we are planning to go forward and do. And, and in addition to connecting to different technologies and enhancing our libraries, 
we have also additional use cases in mind, like masking and transforming on unstructured data, like images, forms, you know, signatures, uh, license plates, etc. It could be even on audio files, or, um, or there are many many options to enhance Fabric, and it actually depends about uh, about the customers that uh, will be interested. What what will be interesting for customers? And we invite other open source uh, folks to join us, collaborate with us, bring other needs. We know there is need to govern uh, sensitive data in logs, for example, and messages and different applications. So the sky is the limit. Sky is the limit. I think it's a very good finish. There's a very broad landscape, lots of different opportunities to get involved and seeing the value that's being provided here, I think is very promising. Thanks to everyone for, for joining us on this panel. As, as Alexi mentioned, there, there are a lot of different things that weren't covered that we should definitely cover, hopefully, in a second session at some point. So you can definitely expect to hear more about Fibric in the future. Perfect. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you.